Welcome to the Speech Uncensored podcast. I am Leanne Porter, a medical speech and language pathologist on a quest to nourish my brain so that my practice can flourish. Today, I'm sitting down with Megan Sutton from Tactus Therapy Apps to discuss the research-based evidence behind a few of her apps. All right, so here she is. Let's do this thing. Let's get started. Hi, Megan. Hi, Lynn. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? Good. I'm so happy to be back on the podcast. I know. I'm so glad you came back. I really enjoyed our other episode, which was um, episode 17 of season one, where you came on and you gave this really good kind of overview and introduction to implementing technology with patients with aphasia. And so now we're having you back on to talk about delivering evidence-based treatments using the Tactus Therapy apps, which you have created. That's right. Yes. And it was such a fun conversation just to be able to talk about aphasia and technology because that's what I'm so passionate about. Um, And I'm thrilled to be able to come back and actually talk about the apps that I've created and why I created them the way I did and how clinicians can use them in their treatments. Yes. I, that is so important because sometimes I feel like, oh, it's an app. It's intuitive. You just jump right in and do it. But I think there's ways that we can do it wrong. And then there's ways that we can do it right and better and most efficiently. And that's what you're here to guide us through part of too. (laughs) Yes. I'm excited for that. Um, All right. Well, before we jump into that, why don't you tell everybody um, a little bit of background on you? Sure. Uh, My name is Megan Sutton. I am an ASHA certified uh, speech language pathologist, and I live and work in Canada now. Uh, I was working mostly in inpatient rehab and really passionate about doing stroke rehab and working with people with aphasia. And then the iPad came out and I created um, some apps with the company Tactus Therapy. So I partnered with a programmer and now for the past nine years, I guess it's been, uh, we've been creating apps and we have over 20 titles. And so what I spend my days doing now is creating apps, uh, updating apps, doing the marketing, doing a lot of outreach, doing a lot of education about how to use apps and how to use our apps in therapy. Okay, good. All right. I was wondering if you still get a chance to do any clinical work. You know, I do from time to time, I do some PRN work at the local hospitals and I do some work with our stroke groups locally. And I work at an aphasia camp every fall and I do some volunteer work with the Aphasia Recovery Connection, which is a an online, mostly online organization that has some events. Oh, neat. That's awesome. All right, cool. Okay. So um, when we were talking earlier, we were going to focus on just your expressive language apps. Yes. Well, we'll start with those and we'll see how uh, how far we can get in those because I think like it's a no-brainer to give our patients exercises to do at home as part of their home exercise program. And apps are fantastic for that. Technology can deliver the therapy when we're not there and they can get the practice and intensity they need to improve. But what I want to talk about today mostly is how clinicians can use the Tactus Therapy apps in their sessions and get more out of them. So it's not just multiple choice answers, right or wrong. There are so many tools built into the Tactus apps that allow clinicians to do evidence-based treatments more easily. 
Ooh, okay. Those are my favorite words. <laughs> Tell me more. Well, and I'm somebody who I like to be flexible with my treatments, right? I don't want something that's prescribed. You have to do this, then this, then this, then this, because every patient is different. And I like to mix things up. Um, and so what I've done with the Tactus apps is built some some apps that are incredibly flexible and have a lot of ability to use expressive tasks, not just um, you know, pick the right answer, but actually talk. Yeah, use that right? verbally. Because we are trying to help people talk again, and so we need to get them talking. So the best-selling app that we've created is our language therapy four-in-one app. And last time on the podcast, I talked about the study that showed that people with chronic aphasia who use language therapy 20 minutes a day for four weeks make significant improvements. And that's fantastic. That's something they can do on their own. But when you look at the naming therapy part of language therapy, it is like a whole toolbox to use in your session. And naming therapy is based on so much research around cueing hierarchies and some treatments called semantic feature analysis and phonological component analysis. And you can use it to do a treatment called response elaboration training. Yes, and those all have really fun acronyms now that we just throw around, like everyone should know what they are. <laughs> right, right. We'll just do a little SFA and some PCA and see how it goes. Right. Uh, so <laughs> since not everybody knows what those are and what those treatments are, um, I've written some articles on my website that tell you step-by-step -step how to do those treatments. And it gives you the background of what the research is, how to do it, how to choose goals, and then how to do it with the apps. Because you don't need the apps to do it, right? These treatments were developed without apps, but the app makes it easier. So in naming therapy, uh, there's a lot of pictures that you can look at and ask your client to name them. And normally when we do this, we take out a, a picture flashcard and say, what is this? And they say, oh, it's an apple. Or if they can't say it, we say, it's an and then they finish the word for us, right? We give them those cues. But when we use flashcards and we're giving our clients cues, we decide what cues we give them and we decide when we give them the cues. But with the app, they get to choose when they want the cue. They get to choose which cue they want. And so that's really empowering. And then they can start to use fewer cues. So that's the queuing part that I love in the app. And as we're there watching them, you know, we can guide them. Oh, do you really need that cue now? Or why don't you try this one? And then we can go into the describe part of naming therapy and work on semantic feature analysis and phonological component analysis. And those are some treatments that help people describe a word. Like what color is it? What does it taste like? Or what sound does it start with? What word does it rhyme with? And we know from the research that working on both the meaning aspects of the words and the sound aspects of the words can really help people with retrieval. And so that's where the PCA comes into 
into play because that was a new one for me that I just learned about in preparation for this episode. And so I went to your website and I looked it up and I read through your instructions and those play-by-plays. And then you have great links too to more information and the research that supports it or, you know, the research that introduced it to the rest of us. Um, Right. And it was interesting because I feel like I do something like that, but it, it's still a little bit different. And so could, could you take a moment and quickly kind of explain the PCA to folks? Sure. Um, So phonological component analysis is where we analyze the the phonemes, right, that make up the word. So it's a series of questions that you ask. What sound does it start with? What sound does it end with? What does it rhyme with? And how many beats does the word have? And those are the questions that we've put into the app to help people with aphasia start to think about the sounds that are in the word. Because usually once they know the first letter or the first sound, they can say the word. So getting them to think about the sound structure of the word before they can say it will help them. Okay. Um, And we know a lot of naming problems are both phonological and semantic. Mm -hmm. So working on both uh, can really help. So within the naming app portion, um, when you're doing the cards, or sorry, the pictures, it has... Um, the cues for both semantic feature analysis and PCA. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And when you look at the settings, it'll say the cues, do you want sound cues, meaning cues, or both? Okay. And I usually just use both unless I'm specifically targeting one of those treatments. And then we talk about all of the meaning and the sounds. So you don't even have to know that you're using that technique. You just (laughs) go into the app and it's asking you all those questions. Um, And then you're doing that treatment. And we know that those treatments are really effective. Mm -hmm. And then um, naming therapy was so popular, but I was getting a lot of feedback that people were advancing beyond it. They could name all those words. They wanted something more. So then I created advanced naming therapy. And advanced naming therapy is part of our advanced language therapy four-in-one app. Because then I created all the others to go with it. Um, But really what I had was just a concept of, I need to make this harder. Mm -hmm. How do I do it? Mm -hmm. And so some people thought there'd be like harder words to name. But that's not really, it's actually hard to find words that people know the name of, and you can have a picture. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Harder words are sort of the non-imageable words. So I went to the literature and I did a big search of what do we do to treat people with more mild expressive problems, mm-hmm. mild to moderate. And I found a treatment called VNEST. And this is verb network strengthening treatment. And we talked about this a little bit last time. And VNEST is a, a pretty involved treatment that takes people step by step through creating sentences and reading back their sentences. Um, and it's something that I had used in therapy at the intensive aphasia program I worked at. And it was great. And I was like, can this be made into an app? 
And lo and behold, there was actually a study that showed a computerized version of VNEST was effective. So I took some of those elements and put them into the advanced naming app so that it makes it really easy for people who've never heard of the treatment to still do it. Mm-hmm. But it was a little too complicated on its own. And I figured a lot of people who are using the app at home might need some other exercises. So I went to treatments like response elaboration or um, verbal fluency tasks, and I built those into the app as well. So now the app can be used for mild to moderate aphasia, as well as some like cognitive and organizational problems too. Um, I've even used advanced naming therapy for some people with dysarthria and used it as a barrier task. So I'll have them look at some of those funny pictures Mm -hmm. in the, uh, in the describe section and describe it to their partner who can't see the picture. And because the pictures are sort of funny and unexpected, the partner really has to understand the words to yeah. know what, what they're looking at. And then they look at the picture and it's, it's quite fun. <laughs> they're like, surely you're not describing a kangaroo on top of a car eating ice cream. Like, yes, yes. that's the picture. Well, I, I don't know if that's one of your pictures, but it would be something unusual right. like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And in that app, there's also uh, some compare and contrast exercises because I found those are quite challenging Mm -hmm. and they start really basic and they get more abstract. Uh, So you can really work at lots of different levels on that activity. And that leads really well into people who are, um, I've used that with people with brain injury, trying to get back into school. Mm -hmm. Because how many school essays are compare and contrast these two books or these two concepts? Yep. Right. And we use our graphic organizer. So the app's kind of set up like a graphic organizer with Venn diagrams. So there's lots of things in it to make it really flexible for you to do your own tasks, as well as for people to practice at home if they want to. Mm -hmm. And I I mentioned response elaboration training. Mm -hmm. And for people who don't know what that is, it's a, a treatment where you take a picture and have the person with aphasia say what they can about it. And usually that's just one or two words. So they might look at a picture of a man driving a car and say, drive. And you say, yes, that's great, he's driving. Who's driving? Man. Right, let's put those words together. Man, drive. And they repeat it back. And you slowly stretch that sentence out until they're repeating back something like, the man drive car. And so where they started with one word, they get up to four or five words. And it's a way of really expanding the length of someone's utterance. And to do this, you just need some really good pictures that have some things going on. Mm -hmm. So the verb flashcards in naming therapy, I find are really good for this. Mm-hmm. as well as the fun pictures and advanced naming therapy. Good. Um, another expressive app that I've created, and I will say this is probably the most flexible one, mm-hmm. is conversation therapy. So conversation therapy is an app that just has 
not just, it has over 300 pictures and each 300 (laughs) 300 pictures and each of those pictures has 10 questions and each of those questions is in a category like a description or a memory or an inference and so you you take that picture and introduce the topic and ask the questions and you don't have to ask every question you can just ask a couple and then see where the conversation takes you Mm-hmm. But these are topics like um, carjacking or organic food or plastic surgery, okay. a wide range of topics that adults talk about, uh-huh. that adults have opinions about. Yeah. So uh, when you find a picture that sort of strikes a chord with your patient, then you can start talking about it and you get that personal motivation. Mm-hmm. They have opinions, they have ideas, they want to talk about it. And you use the questions as a starting point and then do whatever treatment you're doing, right? So if you're working on multimodal communication, you have them use their AAC device to answer, or you have them gesture to answer or write to answer. If you're working on um, speech, right? You have them use their clear speech strategies to answer. And what I love this app for is conversation partner training. Conversation partner training is one of the most researched techniques that we have in aphasia therapy. There are multiple uh, systematic reviews of the research of conversation partner training. And yet I don't think we do it enough. Um, not enough people are aware of the evidence behind it and they don't have the partner available perhaps in the session, or they don't think they can bill for training the partner, uh, whatever reason it is, uh, I think we need to do more of it. Yeah, I'd agree. (laughs) No, I do. I'm working on that too. Hey, did you know that you can earn CEUs on a cruise? The 2020 Conference at Sea with SpeechTherapyPD.com is from July 10th to July 17th, 2020. You can earn 12 hours of continuing education while enjoying the scenic views of the Alaskan coast. If you register for the cruise before September 30th, 2019, you will receive a special free six-month SLP Now subscription and a one-year premium, they call it professional subscription, to SpeechTherapyPD.com when you pay for the cruise CEU portion. So it's all included. It's amazing. You're getting 12 CEUs at sea. You're going on a cruise. You're getting access to an entire year of amazing pod courses and video courses and six months of the SLP Now subscription. So it's like tons of amazing stuff, you guys. Um, The Royal Caribbean's Radiance of the Seas sails around trip from Vancouver, BC on July 10th, 2020 for the seven-day trip that stops in six awe-inspiring Canadian and Alaskan locations before returning to port on July 17th. So join me, Michelle and Marisha, my other podcast hosts, as we balance excellent CEU opportunities with some sweet vacay time on a very large boat. Be sure to visit speechtherapypd.com cruise to learn more and sign up. I'll see you there. As I'm getting my outpatients closer to discharge dates, I'm um, bringing in 
their caregivers, their spouses, you know, whoever's with them, and making sure that they're equipped to continue this therapy at home, and then also to to get the best out of them. And so I should have been doing that at day one, but I'm learning these things now and implementing them now. Right, and that's important um, that we change as we learn. Mm-hmm. I know I started out in therapy doing worksheets, lots and lots of worksheets, because that was what was in my therapy room. Mm-hmm. And then I took some courses and I learned about all of these little like recipes for, for treatment. And I was so excited that there were actual treatments I could do that weren't just pages in a book. Right. Yep. And then I learned about conversation partner training and supported conversation and try to introduce that. And so what I like about using the conversation therapy app for conversation partner training is that when you get these couples that are like, you know, married for 50 years Mm -hmm. and read each other's minds and know each other's thoughts, Uh it can be really hard to find things for them to talk about, right? Because we think, oh, well, why don't you ask him what he wants for breakfast? I know what he wants for breakfast. He has oatmeal every single day, Uh (laughs) right? So that's not what they're going to be doing at home. They need something new to talk about. So you take out the conversation app and you can train them how to talk to each other using those topics and using the techniques that work best for them. And because it's a conversation, it's not one person drilling the other person. Mm -hmm. right? It's natural. It's back and forth. What do you think about this? Oh, let me tell you what I think about this, right? So it it doesn't feel like a test, like a lot of our treatments do. Yeah. Would you say that's kind of um, like an area that you look for is kind of taking away that like test-like nature or the right-wrong aspect of our therapy and kind of making all of it a little more as natural? and interactive as possible? I would love that. And I do love that. Uh, I I like that the, I mean, the apps have to sort of auto, auto score some things, right? To, to track progress. But when you can get the app to do the scoring for you, then you don't have to be the test monitor, right? right? Yeah. And you bring up a, an interesting point that I've been thinking about a lot is that we start our relationships with our clients with a test Yeah, a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a crappy way to start a relationship. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> to, to make somebody do something that's hard for them, uh-huh. not give them any feedback on their performance, yep. right? Because yeah. we can't in these standardized administrations. And then I think what a lot of young clinicians do or newer clinicians do is they take those items that the person got wrong on the test and they drill them, Mm -hmm. you know, or they drill that type of item. Yes. And that's not what the test is for, right? The test isn't to say it's important for you to be able to do all of these. It's to show where the weaknesses are Mm -hmm. and more importantly, to show where the strengths are. Yes. And we can take those strengths that we find on that test to help compensate for the weaknesses. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, what these caregivers see us doing is asking questions that we know the answer to, 
and saying yes or no, right, right or wrong. And then you get these, these lovely couples who respect each other's intelligence suddenly quizzing each other, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Honey, do you know what day it is today? <laughs> right? Holding up an object, what is this? Can What's you know this? what this is called? Exactly. And that is not how conversation works. That is not what language is for. Mm-hmm. Right? So I, I like getting away from that test question and get into an actual transaction question or an interaction question. Yeah. Yeah. Right? To, to build those skills. And that's something that you can do more with an app like conversation therapy that gives you those questions that aren't yes or no. They're not right or wrong. It's how do you feel when you experience this? Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that's why our expressive apps are so popular is because they're not like other things that are out there that are more like worksheets. Right. Mm -hmm. They're not multiple choice. Okay. Well, I do want to also talk about a couple of our other apps that have some evidence base built in. The Apraxia Therapy app. Actually, let me stop here and just say that for anyone listening, if you want to check out these apps, there are free light versions available on the App Store and on Google Play. And what the light versions are for is for you to get a sample of how the app works. It's not meant for you to use the light version day in and day out, uh, because there's just not enough material there. But you can see how it works. You can see how the evidence-based treatment applies and see if it's right for you or for your clients. So maybe you want to pause the podcast right now, go download these apps, and then you can sort of look at them as we're talking about them. Ooh, yeah, that'd be a good idea. That way you can just follow (laughs) right along. Um, That would be a terrible idea for me, because I almost always listen to my podcast in the car. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, don't do it while you're driving. (laughs) I'm glad you mentioned the light versions um, because I I was actually working with a patient recently um, who prior to their stroke, um, very engaged with technology in all forms and spent their career working with computers. And so, you know, with that and then having a really engaged and interactive uh, caregiver, I was like, well, working with these apps would be really great home practice for you guys too. We can kind of get it set up in here and then you guys can go home and keep working on these things. So, um, so we downloaded the light version and I'm like, you know, guiding them through, these are the things that it does. Let's try this out. Let's see if this works. You know, Ken, um, is this easy for the patient to navigate as well? Like, is the patient interested in it? Like, would this be a viable option? And then like, um, a couple of sessions later, they come back in and they're like, um, I was like, did you get some, a chance to like look at it more in depth and play with it at home? And they're like, yeah, we're just going to buy it because it's just, there's only like, there's just a little bit in the light. We need more. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's the point. Like you, you get into it, you see it, you get acclimated. And then you're like, yes, I want the rest of it. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. That's the way it's supposed to work. And I, and I set the apps up like that. Because I don't want anybody to buy something that they don't need, mm-hmm. right? I, I want them to be able to try it. Yeah. Um, 
but I want to be able to give that full content and we have to charge for our apps and, and charge enough to keep them sustainable, right? We need to update them and keep them working with your devices and, and get them out there. Um, so it, it's a fine balance. You know, my, my bleeding heart clinician, you know, I just want everybody to have them. Um, so I've, I've tempered that with my new business persona that I want everybody. Yeah. Megan needs to eat too, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to have quality apps that work, yes. right? Mm -hmm. And keep working. And the ones that you need. So try out the light ones. Um, I, I personally feel like if you work in rehab of any kind, inpatient, outpatient, home health, all of the apps are right for you. But if you work in acute care, you know, maybe just a, a couple of them are, are what you'll need for your caseload. Uh, so yeah, try them out get what you need. Um, and I'll keep talking about what's in them. So you can uh, figure out which ones uh, to check out first. So I was going to talk about the Apraxia app. Mm -hmm. And Apraxia is a really popular app uh, because it lets people practice with this sort of virtual therapist. So we got a model to have her head like put in a vice oh, uh, to stabilize cool. it in front of a camera. <laughs> And she mouths the words to some sequences, to some phrases, and to some longer words. And so it's just like what we do in therapy when we say, watch my mouth, mm -hmm. right? Copy along with me. But the client can do this at home with this uh, lovely model's perfect teeth and lips uh, that they can watch and talk along with. But the evidence base for that comes from a lot of different treatments. So we partnered with VAST, uh, Speak in Motion does the um, video assisted speech therapy that shows when you talk along with somebody's lips, you can talk more fluently. Mm -hmm. And that comes from Darlene Williamson at the Stroke Comeback Center. And also built it into sort of a hierarchy that's similar to melodic intonation therapy, where you tap your hand along with the rhythm mm -hmm. and we use highly intoned speech so that it's almost musical. Mm -hmm. It also has some elements from script training where you repeat something over and over and over again and you fade out the supports. So you say, say it in unison and then you say it sort of with the clinician fading out and then you say it on your own. And it has some elements from Orla, which is oral reading. So we have the words on the screen that you can read along with. And a lot of it's basically integral stimulation, right? Watch me, listen to me, say it with me, of just repeating those words over and over. And what I love about the technology is at the end, the app records your final production and then plays it back for you. And you get to judge how well you did. Good. So there's self-monitoring built in. Nice. So lots of evidence went into that app. Um, and that's a great one for you to just sort of work with your clients, get them at the right level, train them how to use it, and then send them on their way with it. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Because if you're spending the time in the session, you can use your own mouth and your own phrases. But at home, they can use the app to practice. 
Another app with a lot of evidence behind it is the Advanced Reading Therapy app. And advanced reading therapy is something that people were asking me for for years. And I was like, no, no, no. There's, there's plenty of reading out there. Just go online, download a, a, an article. I'm not writing that many <laughs> articles. <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> but it got to the point with the advanced series where I was like, you know what? This is what people need right? They need articles at the right length and the right complexity, and they need comprehension questions. But I didn't want to write just a digital workbook, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's not my style. So I go to the literature and I find what are the treatments for paragraph reading. And there's a great systematic review out there that shows, you know, all of the techniques that people are using that work, like highlighting the words as you read and being able to hear the word as you read it and restricting your vision to just one line at a time and reading things over and over again, asking questions before you read, as you read. So I took all of those techniques and built them into the advanced reading therapy app. Megan, I need to interrupt you again for like the hundredth time, (laughs) but um, do would you be able to email me the information for that systematic review so we can like put that information up in the show notes? Because I actually have a colleague who um, I was talking with a few weeks ago, I think, and we were both lamenting, not feeling like we have good skills for doing reading comprehension. Now, I know this isn't about reading comprehension, but some of the strategies that you were mentioning that are in that systematic review, I feel like would be really beneficial. Um, so very sideways note. (laughs) Yes, no, absolutely. I will send you that. Um, the author is water, W A T T E R, I think, but I'll, I'll get you the link. And then the ANCDS, uh, uh, people, the volunteers of ANCDS have just put together also a, a review on reading. And I think that's been published. I know they've presented a poster on it, but I will look into that and send you that as well. Ooh, awesome. That would be so cool. I know today is all about expressive language. And I'm like, but Megan, let's talk about reading comp. (laughs) No, I love reading comp. And I I think not enough time is spent on reading because words are all around us now. Yeah. So much of our communication is digital and in writing. Mm Yeah. So yeah, sure. Some of our more elderly clients don't do as much writing, um, but the young ones and anyone who, for whom writing is important and reading is important, there are strategies out there. And these are really good things that they can do on their own to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need to know what they are so we can prescribe them and spend and set those patient-centered goals around what's important to our patients. Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. Okay. So to get you back on track, we were were talking about your advanced reading app. (laughs) Yes. So that has um, all these strategies that you can use if you know them. And so we'll get that review up and is able, lets people practice at home. So it's at three different levels of reading. Level one is sort of like, I think 50 up to 50 words, 50 to 100 words. Um, And it's written at an early grade level, sort of grades one and two. And then level two is longer passages at a slightly higher grade level. And level three is the longest ones. 
and they have the hardest comprehension questions. So it is really nicely leveled. And within each level, there are, you know, sort of arts and leisure articles, there's history articles, news, emails, postcards. Um, and at the highest level, in level three, I was able to take some books that are in the public domain mm. and sort of simplify those to put the first few chapters. Then people can carry on reading the book after they get through the first few chapters with support. Nice. Cool. Oh, I like that. Like Wizard of Oz, Sherlock Holmes, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then to carry on with this section of evidence that goes into the apps, the last app I want to talk about um, using a fancy acronym is our writing therapy app that you can do the ACRT treatment really easily. And that's anagram, copy, and recall. So this is the treatment that we do with the, uh, the Scrabble tiles, mm-hmm. usually right? Or the uh, bananagrams, whatever people are using, uh, <laughs> where you set out the tiles in front of someone and they, they anagram them, they put them in the right order, and then they write the word. And then they, you cover over the word they've written and they write it again. And so this is a great treatment for people who are going to use just a few key words in their writing. Mm-hmm. So they want to be able to write their name. They want to be able to write some basic needs. So it's really important to work with the person and their family to find those words that matter most to them. And then you can put those words into the writing therapy app because all of our language therapy apps allow you to add your own words and pictures. Ooh. Yeah, so you can take a picture of the person's wife and put it in there and put in the word Joyce and then have them work on spelling that word if that's what matters to them. Nice. So it's not all about apples and bananas. Yeah. (laughs) Chair, pen. Yeah, these are not the words we write. Mm -hmm. So it's important to pick the words that are important, customize it. Or to work on just a set of, you know, maybe you're working on just three letter words to build up that skill in somebody who's getting more spontaneous recovery and you're just trying to stimulate. Mm -hmm. And again, there is an article on ACRT, or you might know it as CART or ACT. Uh, Those are sort of all combined into ACRT. And there's a how-to article on the Tactus Therapy website. And then the last section I had prepared uh, was to talk about a few of the clinical tools that I've developed that are really meant for just clinicians. They're not as much for home practice. And the most popular of these is our dysphagia therapy app. Um, So aphasia is my passion. It's what I do. But of course, in our profession, swallowing reigns supreme, right? (laughs) Kind of a big deal when working with adults. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And so there are all kinds of evidence-based swallowing treatments out there. But it can be really frustrating or really hard to know which ones apply to your client, which ones will be best. So I worked with a really talented team of expert clinicians, and we developed a database of all of the evidence-based swallowing treatments out there, 
what they're good for, which cranial nerves are involved, um, what the evidence is, what the materials are, step-by-step -step instructions, put it all into this massive Excel spreadsheet, mm -hmm. and then developed an app that searches through that based on what you're seeing in your client. So you take this app with you into your fluoro suite or into your fees exam or even into your uh, bedside assessment. Tell the app what kind of assessment you're doing. Pick off all the things that you're noticing on your exam. And then you hit a button that says find therapy options. And then this little magic happens and the app returns to you the evidence-based swallowing exercises that are going to give you the most bang for your buck for that patient. That's cool. And then you can read through those results. And if you want that person to do it, you just select it. You can print out a home program. You can email it off to yourself. It's really handy. That sounds nice. Yeah. Being able to print off, you know, instructions for somebody would be really handy. And so, and then since aphasia is your thing, um, I'm guessing that then the materials that you would print off and give to your patient is very aphasia friendly because oftentimes those two diagnoses can go hand in hand. They can, yes. This app doesn't have a specific aphasia friendly bent, but it, the language is clear and simple. And what I like about it is that you can send it off to yourself as a PDF or as text. So if you send it as text, then you can edit it okay. to put in whatever your client needs. The app is not meant to do the thinking for you. Mm -hmm. It's meant to do the searching for you. So once you get your search results, then you analyze, oh, would this actually be appropriate? Is this something I want to do? Is this something they can do on their own? Mm -hmm. And you still set your treatment plan. But it makes sure that you've considered all of the things that are shown to work for that sort of disorder. Nice. Yeah. Um, just preparing for our talk today um, and, you know, you're sending over the evidence based treatments that went into how you designed and created these apps. I'm like, OK, PCA, phonological components analysis. This is the first time I'm hearing about this. <laughs> time for me to hit the books. <laughs> So I can just imagine, and I'm a little frightened to imagine, like if I go into your dysphagia app and I, you know, boop, 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 put in my stuff, like if things will come up that I'm not yet aware of, like, oh no, now I need to go find out. <laughs> That's perfect. That's what it's for, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you haven't heard of a treatment because you don't spend all day combing through the dysphagia journals, the app makes it available to you. You mm -hmm. haven't heard about PCA but you have the naming app, so you're already doing it and you don't even know it, mm -hmm. Yep. right? So it's, it's been sort of my mission to get these treatments into the hands of clinicians as easily and accessible to them as possible so that we can all do more effective treatment, whether we know it or not. Yeah, yeah. Right? I'd like to know it. <laughs> <laughs> we know it when we see the outcomes that we get. Yes, yes. That's we don't have to know the acronym. We don't have to know who the researcher was. We just have to know that, um, that we're doing treatment that works. And I think that's why people have come to really see the Tactus Therapy apps as such a valuable tool in their toolbox because they know they're based on evidence. Mm -hmm. 
And so the dysphagia app, I say I, I use it all the time because I don't read the dysphagia journals. Uh, I had to rely on, on our authors to make sure that these were the best treatments and had the most up-to-date references. So I use it all the time uh, whenever I'm doing the PRN work at the hospital. Here's an, here's an ambush question for you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> How uh -oh. often do your um, co-authors for the dysphagia app kind of revisit and update it? Oh, there's been a shift in the, the research and the literature. We're now moving in this direction versus this when we originally, you know, put this together. Like, do you guys go back in and revisit? And we're like, oh, we need to throw that out. Or here's the new stuff that's come out. We need to put this in here. Absolutely. Yeah. We, uh, the app, I believe was launched in 2015. And then we, two years later, we did an update of all the journal articles. So they went through and put in all the new research. Um, so probably in another year or so, we'll, we'll look at it again. All right, cool. Yeah. It feels like dysphagia is changing so quickly, mm -hmm. but I think it's really our awareness of these exercises that changes. Yeah. So whatever the controversy is around one treatment or another, it's still going to come up in your results. And it's up to you to look at that treatment and determine if it's appropriate. Mm -hmm. But like we did originally, we had uh, DPNS in the app just to say there's no evidence for this treatment. Just <laughs> and so that when people found it, they would uh -huh. say, oh, this isn't quite right. But we decided somebody... A couple people pointed out that was a bit strange. So we agreed, okay, we'll just get rid of it. It's no longer in the app. Um, but I think that's important too, to tell people when something has no evidence. Like we're just doing this because we've been doing it. We don't know why. Right. And um, to clarify, DPNS is the deep pharyngeal DPN. What's nerve, stimulation? nerve stimulation? Yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. It's... It's an invasive technique where you kind of gag people. Um, Literally, you're aiming yeah. to stimulate the gag reflex on folks. And that's that's therapy, y'all. That's <laughs> But not good therapy. That's not evidence-based therapy. That's what we're saying. <laughs> no, and there's lots of people out there still doing it. But I think when, when you go through the dysphagia app and you get your results and you see that that's not part of your results, like, oh, well, then why am I doing that? Mm-hmm. Um, but there are lots of, we do include things like the uh, the new McNeil program that people are taking. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that acronym stands for, uh, but it's, uh, it's a course. And so you'll see it as an option, but you have to be trained to do it. So you'll just learn about it. And then it's up to you to seek out that training and get that certification to actually know how to implement it. Right. Yep. Okay, cool. Oh, I like that. So yeah, even things that are out there that you're not going to find in a book that you have to go to the training for, you're going to put that in there and be like, this is a viable option, but you need to seek out the training. Right. I like that. Cool. And then just to wrap up the other two apps that are strongly evidence-based for clinicians, uh, we have our spaced retrieval therapy app. And this is an app that allows you to do spaced retrieval memory training. And spaced retrieval is a really simple technique where you ask a question, you get an answer, you double the interval. So you ask in 15 seconds, they get it right. You ask in 30 seconds, they get it right. You ask in 60 seconds. 
So all you really need is a clock or a stopwatch and some paper to take some notes on and some pretty decent math skills. And then some pretty good awareness to know when that time interval has passed. Mm-hmm. So I looked at that and I was like, okay, we can do this, but an app would make this so much easier because the app would double the interval for you, have the interval for you, remind you when it's time to ask the question again. So it's a it's a $5 app that just takes away your need to do math and look at the clock and it writes up the report for you, tells you all their intervals and when they got the question right and wrong. So it makes your life a lot easier. Yeah, that always makes me really happy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and all of our apps write the report for you. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't know that. So we are building in new functionality to the apps to make that more obvious. So you can always view the report, whether or not you have email set up. And you can see that your SOAP notes basically right there. And then you can add to it any uh, subjective things that you saw during the session. Very nice. Oh, that's cool. Huh. And the last app, um, as we are winding down in time, is visual attention therapy. And visual attention therapy is a super popular app for dealing with left neglect. So all those cancellation worksheets that we do, mm-hmm. uh, where we're you know, having people cross off all of the X's or all of the O's. And then we count up which ones they missed and where they are. The app does that for you. Stop it, Megan. (laughs) Take all my money. (laughs) (laughs) And what I love about this app is it has an assessment that calculates which quadrants were most neglected, Mm. but then it has a training module. So when you're actually doing the therapy, and somebody's going across and missing some of those targets, the app won't let them miss. They have to get them in order. So they have to go from top to bottom, left to right, just like we read. That's the functional aspect of it. We're training the eyes to go like we read. And if they miss one, they can't move on until they find it. Oh, I like that. So that is why it is so much better than pen and paper. We're using more of an errorless learning technique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can put a flashing red light on the side. You can put a red, green, yellow. You can change the color. You can set whether it flashes or not, or if you even have the line on the side mm-hmm. so that you can train somebody to look for the red line. Mm-hmm. The reason we put other colors in is because I was noticing that Sometimes we were using like painter's tape around the rehab unit uh-huh. and we'd use green tape. So if we want to be consistent in our cues, look for the green line, look for the green tape. Oh, nice. So you can customize that to your program and uh, you can work on just one symbol or lots of similar letters. So it saves tons of paper too. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Okay, did we cover all of them? It looks like we did. Nice job. All right. Okay. Yeah, and we're wrapping up on time. So I think it's time for our words of wisdom. How shall we end this episode, Megan? (laughs) I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) Um, You caught me a little unprepared on the last episode, so I wanted to be prepared today. And I do have some words of wisdom. Unfortunately, I found a note 
about this concept um, on my iPhone, and I didn't write down who said it. So I, I don't know who to attribute it to. This is not my genius. This is somebody else's. But I want to share it with everyone. That evidence-based treatments, like the ones we've discussed today, are so structured because the researchers have to test their validity. They, you know, research is so structured. So they do the same procedure over and over. Mm -hmm. And we aren't exactly sure which parts are essential to the success of the treatment, but as a whole, we know that they work. So I like to think about these evidence-based treatments like recipes that we learn. Then once we're comfortable with the recipes, we can become a chef who can play about with them based on the theory and our experience. So I encourage everyone to get familiar with the ingredients and the techniques that are in these recipes and create your own flavor of therapy that's perfectly suited to you and your client. I love it. That's <laughs> such a great analogy. Oh, and that's what I feel like I do. And and I was I was kind of low-key feeling bad about that. I'm like, I'm not really doing this evidence evidence-based treatment exactly how it's written out in the literature. Like I'm changing things. I'm doing it a little different. I think it's working though. I think I'm getting good results, you know? And I'm like, is that still okay? And basically what I'm hearing you tell me is like, yes, like know, know that recipe, but you want to add some more flavor in there because you like cinnamon more, like put that cinnamon in there, bake that cake, girl, <laughs> cinnamon cake. Yes. Love it. Yeah. Don't feel bad about that. Like these, the researcher who came up with this technique and has tested it was just probably going on their own experience and intuition of what works. And they put together that protocol. And if you change it a little bit, as long as you're not changing the key ingredients, as long as you still come out with a cake, mm -hmm. add your flavor, That's mix cool. it up. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Cool, Megan. Well, super. Thank you so much for coming back on and um, just guiding me through all this evidence that has gone into the creation of these apps, how they're meant to be used how we can use them in therapy, and um, and then those three apps that are kind of just meant for us as clinicians to help guide our our practice and our decision-making skills. And um, it was great. I appreciate it. Oh, it was so much fun. Thank you for having me back. If you want to keep earning CEUs for listening to your favorite podcast, then use my coupon code SUP, that's S-U-P, at speechtherapypd.com for $10 off a year's subscription. You can earn countless hours of podcast and video CEUs for only $79 a year through speechtherapypd.com. You know December is coming and you've got to get your CEUs in before the end of the year. So sign up now for the lowest price point for audio and video CEUs available on the market. If you're feeling fancy, you can get $10 off the premium subscription, which drops it down to $179 for the year. And that's access to every single thing, all the content that's on speechtherapypd.com. And there's some quality stuff on there, you guys. So go check it out and don't miss this deal. Remember, coupon code SUP for a year's worth of CEUs for 79 bucks. Find links to all things Tactus Therapy and Megan Sutton in the show notes at speechuncensored.com. And another huge thanks to Megan for joining me on the podcast. 
always a pleasure. Next week is a really fun episode where I sit down with Dr. Heidrich from KU to discuss how new grads can make that leap right into the medical clinical fellowship. Then I'm joined by three SLPs who made that leap in a round table, like literally we sat around a round table discussion on how they secure jobs in the medical setting. I still have a giveaway going to one of the first 50 people who leave a review on iTunes. Just email me a screenshot of your handiwork to speechuncensored at gmail.com to be entered into the drawing. Thanks so much for joining me today and partnering with me to nourish your brain so that you can get out there and flourish. I'll see you next week.